Thanks for checking out this episode of Business Black Belts. I really appreciate you listening and hope you get some great insights out of today's leader. Let's dive into the show. Welcome to another episode of Business Black Belts. I'm David Golding, and I have the pleasure of being here with Amy Foley, co-founder of Inbound Back Office. How are you today, Amy? I am doing well. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. I'm, I'm really glad we could do this because I think um, your business is fascinating to me, what you've been able to do in sh- such a short amount of time. And, um, you know, it's similar to what we do. It's just you guys focus on the inbound side and we focus on the outbound side. So that's really intriguing to me as well, because I really believe every business needs to be pulling both of those levers. Um but why don't we start with just how you got your start, right? Introduce yourself. And we just, you know, we'll talk a little bit about when you were a white belt and then uh, your progression to black belt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I actually have been working from home since 2012. Um, so I took a job. Um, I was actually working in um, in a startup in an office uh, locally here, and um, it just wasn't it wasn't working out. Um, I kept getting pigeonholed in the receptionist kind of job because I was really good at it, but that meant that I couldn't really go anywhere else because they always had a hard time finding good receptionists. So yeah. um, I knew that I had to make a change. And my um, my son, who was three at the time, broke his femur and um, had to be put in a half body cast. Um, and so required me to be there until the cast was off because he could not walk. It required two of us to lift him. It was very heavy. So I, um, I asked if I could work from home instead of taking a month off because I couldn't afford to take a month off. And they really didn't want to let me do it, but they ended up letting me do it. And, um, I actually ended up being way more productive. Um, I got much better results. I was happier because I could, you know, be with my family and I could also work when I wanted to work and around my energy and that sort of thing. And so when I went back, I said, Hey, is there any way that we can, you know, maybe once a week or something like I could work from home, that would be really great. And they said, absolutely not. It's not going to happen. And I, I mean, I even was like, Hey, look, like you guys benefited from this. No, absolutely not. So. Okay, too soon. So <laughs> that's when I knew that I had to find something working from home. And at the time, I was pretty active on Twitter. And so I reached out to my contacts on Twitter and was like, hey, anybody know of anything I can do from home? I'm like, I'll do nights, weekends, I'll do whatever. I just want to get in the door somewhere so that I can uh, do this. So somebody had um, a connection with a company who had a grant and that required them to hire someone in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and so I applied for it and I got that job. At first it was part-time, just nights and weekends. So I did that on the side of my full-time job. And then once they had a full-time job available, they offered it to me and I took it. And um, it was probably the worst time ever for me to work from home because my youngest had just gone to kindergarten, which was half day. So I literally had like two and a half hours of uninterrupted time every day. And the rest of the day, I was, you know, trying to wrangle a five-year-old while I was trying to work. And this was before anybody was working from home. So I had no idea what to do or how to do it. So I was figuring all, that all out. <clears throat> and so once we got into like a good cadence and I was super productive, 
I realized that I had a lot of extra time on my hands outside of this job. So I was like, Hey, maybe I'll try to, you know, take on some clients. Much of the things that I know how to do, I can do virtually and the rest I can figure out. So I just, again, went to Twitter and I mean, I literally, I put up like a one page website and that's it. And I just went to Twitter and I was just like, let's just try this out. So I said, Hey, um, I'm, you know, I'm a virtual assistant. Anybody let me know if, you know, if you need any help. And so I set up a search in Twitter looking for people who are looking for recommendations for virtual assistants. And I would go through that several times a day and just search for people. And when I would find one, I would respond to their message and say, Hey, I'm a virtual assistant. Do you want to chat? And, uh, my very first client I got that first week, I was trying it, and that was my now business partner. <laughs> hmm. And I got two other clients that week doing that same thing. So those three clients were like super long-term clients. I worked with them for years. Uh, so, And that's how I continued to get clients, and then I started building it up from there. And then, um, you know, as I was working with Michael in particular, who's my now business partner, he owned an inbound marketing agency. And so he was, he first hired me to do like calendar management and really basic administrative things. And then once he realized that, you know, I was going to, you know, keep showing up and, you know, <laughs> I was going to be doing work and that sort of thing. He was like, okay, well, let's see if you can do other things. And so his team was teaching me how to do all of these things in HubSpot and all of these different marketing things. I didn't have any marketing background. Um, but they were willing to teach me and I was willing to learn. So together we were kind of building this thing, not even realizing it. And he started referring me to all of his agency colleagues and they started hiring me. And then I just like, I mean, there's only so much time you have, right? So <laughs> I got to capacity and I had to start hiring people to help me manage all of these agencies. Um, so like, to me, it's not a question of, oh, well, I guess I have to turn these people down. I'm just at max capacity and this is all I can do to me. I was like, well, how can I keep helping more people <laughs> and, you know, outside of cloning myself. And so I started hiring people to freelance for me and I was paying them through PayPal, keeping track of hours on a spreadsheet. I mean, it was so basic. Um, but I just, I learned, I learned how to manage people. I learned, I mean, I just learned it by doing it. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed. And then once Michael saw like what was happening and how great it was, he approached me and said, Hey, you are really good at the operation side and the execution side and the people management. And he's like, I know the, I have all the contacts. I know the industry really well. What if we joined forces and made this like a really big thing? And it was a no brainer because Michael is awesome. And it was such a great idea because like, I am smart enough to know what I don't know. And, you know, sure I could have learned, but I felt like we were going to be able to help more people faster by joining forces together. And that's exactly what happened. So then in 2018, we, um, he, we kind of incubated it for uh, about a year or so within his marketing agency. 
So we were using all of their, you know, time management and we were on their payroll and that sort of thing. And then in 2018, we decided, hey, we are strong enough to be out on our own. So we went out on our own and we have been building it ever since. And now we have over 80 team members and Michael and I are more of a um, more of in a mentorship role uh, because we've built layers of management to be able to handle day to day. I mean, we literally could walk away if we wanted to and it would be able to run. Wow. What a cool story. I mean, just thinking about, you know, so you're a receptionist and, and um, it's so true because every, you know, good assistant I've ever worked with, I mean, it's impossible for them to leave their position or, you know, to get promoted because who's going to replace them because it's mm-hmm. so hard to find a good assistant, right? Yes. And in fact, all of them could go and run their own business. They just, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they don't know it, maybe they don't want to, whatever. But it's so cool how you progressed from that role and just continued, like you said, you know, what I was thinking when you were talking was where there's a will, there's a way. And it's almost like if if you do have that will, if you do have that desire, you will, it, it will almost come to you. And, and, you know, if you're willing to make the sacrifices, you can, anyone can, can be an entrepreneur and be successful. That is so true. And that's one of the things that I try to do now is try to help people who are kind of in that same position that I was uh, to to understand that it can be done. Like you can look at where I am now with this huge company, but you know, nobody's seen the years where I was just, you know, duct taping it all together and just, you know, literally like telling a client like, yeah, absolutely. I can do that. And hanging up and Googling, how do I do that? I mean, that's literally (laughs) was my life for a while. Uh, until I got smart enough to hire people who were specialists in those areas. <laughs> right. Or I, I shouldn't say smart enough. I knew I wanted to do it, but I just didn't have the, you know, the money yet. So, you know, you just got to build up the money. And I mean, we did it with zero debt. Wow. Um, we just kind of, you know, we made the money first and then we spent a little bit and then we made more money and then spent a little bit. And um, I think, that's where a lot of people get overwhelmed when they think of a business. They think of like these great big businesses that have it all together. And they're like, I don't, I don't, I could never get from where I am to there. And they just give up. Yeah. Um, They don't realize that, you know, all of the small steps it took to get there and they're super doable for anybody. Yeah. And the other thing I, it stood out to me because it's been so true in my own life is, you know, you have this really tragic thing that happened to your son Mm -hmm. and, you know, those things are sometimes can be long-term life-changing or short-term life-changing. But from that or out of that, this was born in a sense, right? Because you had to do something. And, 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 you know, some people would not have made that choice, right? Some people would have just bowed to, oh, you know what, my, my employer's not going to let me do this. So I'm just going to stick with my employer, right? It took courage to do what you did. And I really believe that those things are rewarded, right? Doing the right thing in spite of it being difficult um, or being risky and not knowing the outcome, it's still is important to do. Yes. Now I, I will say that 
I tend to be like an impulsive risk taker in those kinds of situations. Only when it's when it's I'm I only have to rely on myself because yeah. I know myself enough to know that if I jump off the ledge and the only person that can save me is me, like I know I will do it. I yeah. mean, I had my family relying on me. I mean, there was no way I could fail. And that didn't even enter my mind. I was just like, I'm just doing this. Like, I can be really stubborn when I want to do something. And something inside of me was just saying, you, this office jo- life is not for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and again, it was like before anybody was doing it. Like, I don't know why I thought that I could do it i just was just said i have to find a way to do this and i just did it and i think the riskiness of it motivated me more than if i had had some kind of backup i even quit my full-time job like i was doing it on the side for a while i actually um bartered with a really amazing uh, business coach in the very beginning because I knew I wanted to make it a business because I could see that I was doing well um, and I could see that I could build it and I just didn't have the exact steps in place that I needed to take it to the next level. And there was a business coach I wanted to hire, but she was way out of my price league. And so she agreed to like give me a super discount in exchange and I would do some virtual assistants for her. And so she kind of mentored me along the way. And we had had a target date for when I was going to quit my full-time job. And I decided I was going to quit like months earlier than that, <laughs> probably before I was hundred percent ready. But I was like, if, if I do it now, I know that I am going to work really hard to like get to where I need to be sooner. Um, because I know that I have my family relying on me and I know that like, I just know that I will like, that's what I need to motivate myself. I need that stress. (laughs) And so, you know, it just worked out that way. I don't know that everybody is like that and maybe not everybody should, you know, jump like that, but uh, it definitely worked out well for me. Yeah. And I I think that's a common thing with entrepreneurs. You know, the thing about uh, doing this podcast is I have the opportunity to talk to so many people that, uh, and it, I, I kind of recognize themes, right? So absolutely risk-taking, um, is, is a, a very important theme, you know, not being afraid of failure, right? It's about when you fail, uh, figuring out how to do it better, how to do it differently, you know, moving on from that failure, you know, being able to put it behind you quickly and, and, um, you know, be, be willing to learn. I think also your creativity, right? Because bartering with that, with that, uh, coach, you know, that's creative and, and that's important, not just accepting no, but finding a way. And then I think the third thing that I hear again and again is curiosity, right? Continuing to be curious and not thinking you have it all figured out, but wanting to surround yourself with people that um, are good at figuring things out. Yes. And uh, another thing that also helped me was uh, learning to live very minimalistically. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, because there were some, there were definitely some lean times when we, in 2018, when we um, went out on our own from being incubated within the agency, um, you know, Michael and I had very small paychecks. Mm-hmm. And because we had a team of people that we had to make payroll for, and we wanted to make darn sure that we were going to do that. 
So uh, naturally, you know, we paid ourselves last and um, I literally had just bought a house by myself after going through a terrible divorce. And like, I was like, well, this is great. <laughs> I make like no money. And so I was just like, I got to figure this out. So I was taking on like freelance work on the side and just to like try to make up for it. And I was doing anything I could to cut my own costs so that I could just make this happen. You know, I think a lot of times when things like that happen, people don't adjust their lifestyle and they just go, Oh, this isn't going to work. I need to go get a full-time job instead. Um, but I think that if people really are serious about, you know, going forward with their business, they really need to cut their own stuff as much as they can during those lean times so that they can then get to that next level because, you know, payday will come eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what a great story. So cool what you've been able to do. And, and I'm, I really want to uh, spend some time talking about the inbound back office value proposition because it's something my whole career, mostly what I've done is uh, sold services that utilize economies of scale and focus on doing the elements of business that are really hard to do um, or that aren't necessarily strategic to the business, meaning every business has what it's supposed to focus on, its core competency, its mission. And then there's a lot of other things that you can buy instead of build. Um, so let's talk somewhat you know, about that value proposition that Inbound Back Office provides. Yeah, yeah. So we provide um, back office, essentially administrative services to marketing agencies. Uh, many of our clients are uh, inbound marketing agencies, uh, HubSpot partners, duct tape marketing consultants, story brand guides, and just you know regular marketing agencies and consultants. Um, but uh, we work through the consultants and agencies and essentially serve the agencies as well as their end clients. Uh, and we do everything from uh, you know graphic design to general administrative to paid ads to website development. I mean, you name it. If, if an agency needs it to serve their clients or themselves, we provide it. And it's all on demand, which makes it super affordable and flexible for agencies who sometimes have ebbs and flows in their, you know, in their work. And so they don't always want to pay a monthly retainer or, um, you know, subscription fees or whatever it is. So it's always been on demand. Um, That was one of our big uh, things that we always wanted to keep was keeping it super simple and keeping it really affordable. Uh, So it's just a straight hourly rate. You pay for the time you use and, um, you know, that's it. It, There's there's no hidden fees or anything like that. So really, you know, this is an an element of the gig economy that you Mm -hmm. tapped into almost before the gig economy really, I mean, it was becoming a thing in in 2018, but you were even doing it really in 2013 when you first Mm -hmm. started to, you know, go out on your own and figure this thing out. So very, you know, you were um, a, uh, you were blazing a trail, right? I guess I was. (laughs) I didn't feel like it at the time. Well, it never does, right? I mean, uh, you know, it's like a mentor said to me one time, Dave, this is going to feel a lot. You're going to remember this very differently than it feels, right? That is so true. Yeah. Um, Oftentimes when I'm in the moment, you know, that fear, that anxiety, that just, 
oh, is this ever going to work out? You remember it. I remember it oftentimes as, man, it was so much fun, right? It was such a thrill because every day you're just, you don't know what's coming sometimes, right? Right. Right. Which is super scary, but it also can be really fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then, you know, it's, it's one thing if you're single and you're going through it, but when you're married with a family and it's just like, you know, one day you're telling your, you know, spouse, oh, it was a great day. You know, we made all this money. And then the next day you're like, oh, we lost three clients. And <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so yeah, definitely a roller coaster. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree that it's the, when you look back on it, and the other thing is that it's more about just like the consistency and putting in the reps. Like, I mean, it was just, just showing up every day and just doing the work. I mean, it was, there were a lot of days where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done by myself. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, but you get through it and you do it and then you look back and you're like, yeah, that actually was kind of fun, even though it sucked in the moment, but yeah, it was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the thrill of, of being alive, right? Of, of the adventure. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like if, uh, you know, being safe and being comfortable certainly has its um, upside in the sense that you can relax, right? Like, like you can, um, you know, let your hair down to some degree. But I think oftentimes I get anxious or antsy in that situation, right? So mountaintops aren't places I like to stay for very long. I'm looking for the next place to leap. And it sounds like you're the same way. Yes, absolutely. And I've done a lot of, you know, reflection on, you know, is that, is that good? Is that bad? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I ever going to be content? <laughs> Um, but maybe that's okay. I mean, maybe that's the whole point is for us to keep striving for more and making ourselves better. Yeah. Um, I go back and forth, uh, because a lot of, a lot of people don't understand that mentality and they're like, just relax. And I'm like, literally when I try to sit and relax, I get itchy. Yeah. Like if I'm sitting down watching TV for too long, like I start to itch and like, my legs get restless and my back starts hurting. And I'm like, I can't, I, I we got to go do something. <laughs> yeah. I can't relax. Real, I don't relax real well. And that is pretty foreign to a lot of people I've found. Like I don't meet a lot of people in person that are like me. Um, yeah. Most of them are in my computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so you said something that is really intriguing to me that you and, you know, your uh, partner have built a business where it runs itself in many ways. And I think that is a real art um, and something that is so important, but so hard to do. So can you give us a window into your method for doing that. Yeah. So we didn't necessarily set out originally to do it that way. Um, a lot of it happened just by, you know, just by happenstance. Um, but you know, in the beginning I was still doing a lot of the work with, you know, all our team, like I was do working with clients and everything like that. And then we were able to offload most of that work. Some of the clients I kept for myself just because they were more challenging to offload to another person. And so, um, but then I, I kind of moved my way into just doing the sales. And so then I was doing the sales um, 
and then I started doing the podcast. So then it was kind of like we had enough people who could do all of the work. And um, I was doing the sales in the podcast, none of the actual day-to-day work. Michael was doing all the financial stuff and like the technical website stuff and the podcast production. And then it's kind of like you get to a point where it's like, hey, you know, we could probably promote someone to, uh, you know, take some of these things off of our plate. And then at that point, once we knew we were at a place where we were pretty consistent and even seeing like uh, our revenue, you know, increasing month over month, we were like, okay, we're kind of, we're at a good place now. Let's think about what this looks like to have someone in a position where they can take this off of our plate. And then, you know, Michael started handing stuff of his off. And then um, I was sharing sales uh, with another person. And then we got to a point where, you know, uh, we had these have these two people now who are kind of our um, our top line management and you know, the one handles all the client stuff, sales and, you know, managing all of the client complaints and, you know, things like that. And then we have like our HR kind of person, our operations person who handles all of the hiring and, and all of the people management on the team. And I mean, that was mainly what Michael and I were doing. Um, And I recently did hand over the podcast to uh, someone else on our team. So it's just kind of like, Every once in a while, we would kind of evaluate going, what is one thing I would like to not do anymore? Yeah. <laughs> and let's figure out a path for who can do that and, and how we get them to that place. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's literally how we did it. We just did it like one thing at a time that we wanted to not do anymore. And, um, and what we found, I know a lot of people when they're trying to delegate work like that. They feel like no one else can do it like me. But what, what I found is when I handed it off, that person does it way better than Mm. I ever did it. Um, because it's like a fresh perspective and I get into, you know, very routine and consistent. So it's kind of like I have blinders on and I'm just doing the same thing all the time. Somebody else comes in and they completely, you know, flip it on its side and, they're getting way better results than I ever did. And I was like, why did I wait so long to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool how you've done that. I think there's a lot of wisdom there. Um, And also a lot, I think it takes humility. I think what you're talking about oftentimes is pride, you know, Mm -hmm. that I can do it better than everybody else. And the reality is that uh, in my case too, I, I, I do suffer from that and it's just not true. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really, I'm glad you, you talked about that. Uh, and something else I want to touch on too, that I think is really interesting about your business and what you're doing is, um, and in many ways blazing a trail here to some degree, I think is your use of social media and podcasting. Mm. Can you talk about how that has benefited your business? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the podcast I resisted, Michael made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> It ended up being a really good thing. Um, so Michael, it was very into podcasting and um, he was like, you should start, You, we should do a park, podcast. You can interview people. Um, it'll be great. And I was like, well, who am I going to interview? Like, what are we going to talk about? And he was like, oh, just interview our clients, like marketing agency owners. And I was like, okay, that sounds easy. So <laughs> 
We did it. And I made it like super simple. I was like, all right, this is going to be as simple as possible because I don't want it to be complicated. And I know like, you know, I don't want the guests to feel like it's complicated because a lot of our clients we're not familiar with being on a podcast. They don't go on podcasts every day. So I was like, I need this to be super simple. So um, I decided to let the the guest pick the topic. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to do the work. And then, um, you know, they would just, I would just ask them questions about the topic as like someone who's learning about it. And so then it became like this educational kind of podcast where they were teaching about something that they were either passionate about or, super knowledgeable about and as it pertained to marketing or being a business owner. And what I had found was that in reaching out to get guests on the podcast, I was making new connections with new marketing agency owners. And when they would get on to do the podcast, they would say, Hey, when we're done here, I want to talk to you about inbound back office because I think it's something we could really use and I've never heard of it before. And so it was a great, it ended up being a great sales tool. I didn't set out for it to be that way, but, um, because I was really only going to do like interview our current clients. Yeah. Um, but then once I ran out of clients to, (laughs) to ask, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to go out and find some new agency owners. And that's when I realized that, Hey, this is, (laughs) this is a great sales tool. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads me into the social media aspect. Um, I have really taken a liking to LinkedIn. Now, obviously Twitter is where I got my start. Um, but I kind of followed a similar path in LinkedIn where I would just connect with marketing agency owners. I wouldn't like pitch them or send them messages. I just connect with them. And then I'm posting, I I try to post every day, um, something that's valuable and it's either about, starting the business or marketing or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, then I interact with those, uh, people in their comments on their posts. So it's just networking. It's just kind of a different way to do it. And I have found that I have made a lot of really amazing contacts and built a lot of relationships that way. And while it's not necessarily something that's going to get me a thousand clients tomorrow, uh, it is something that when people are ready for what we have to offer, they are going to come directly to me and we're not going to have to sell them because they already know, like, and trust us. And that's the whole inbound office or inbound marketing philosophy, right? Yeah. Get them to know, like, and trust you. And how better to do that than to build relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Cause you're, you're, um, confirming everything that we've learned through doing podcasting, through doing social media. It's, it it is playing the long game, but it is so powerful when you get that momentum, when you apply the discipline to it also, because there are a lot of days we don't want to do it, but by being consistent, it really does make a difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is a struggle sometimes to come up with like, what am I going to post today? (laughs) Like that is hard. I've tried scheduling. I've tried, like, I've tried all kinds of stuff and I'm just like, you know, sometimes it's pretty easy because, you know, sometimes content just presents itself in everyday life and sometimes you're real dry (laughs) and then you have to get creative. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, we're always hiring, so I can always do a hiring post. Like there's a lot of things that I could do when I don't have ideas, but it had, that is one thing that I recommend to, you know, 
I'm in a lot of virtual assistant groups um, because I, I try to help people who are trying to build their businesses. And that is one of my biggest things that I tell them is to go on a social media platform where your target market is and add value wherever yeah. you can. Don't ask for sales. Right. Don't pitch anybody. You're just adding value and they'll see that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's uh, shift gears and talk about um, when you're itchy and you're not working, <laughs> what do you like to do? What's what's your passion? You know, what's fun? So I am big into fitness and nutrition. Um, so my husband likes to make fun of me for the amount of supplements that I take in research. <laughs> but um, no, like I run every day and I actually, in the town that I lived in before, started a, a women's walking group. Um, so we would walk, you know, three, four nights a week. Um, and I like to go hiking and um, we like to go see bands play and just hanging out with my you know, with my family, I have three teenage boys, so I'm playing taxi a lot. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm big into nature and just kind of like when I can relax, just kind of like enjoying the fruits of my labor. You know what I mean? Um, we just kind of upgraded our house. So I kind of like to just hang out in my new house and I'm yeah. like, I really love it here. I don't really want to go anywhere today. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a good fruit of your labor right there. Yes, for sure. All right, Amy Foley, thank you so much. Uh, But before we go, uh, where's the best place for people to find you? Obviously, LinkedIn. You're a great follow on LinkedIn because you and I are connected there, and I often get a lot from your posts and enjoy them. Um, But uh, anything else that you want to share relative to social media or how people can, can stay in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, inboundbackoffice.com is our website. Um, and I also, I'm, I'm working on updating it, but I also have amyfoley.co is my personal website. Um, but LinkedIn is the main place that you will find me. I am, I'm a little bit on Instagram. Um, I really don't like Facebook. So like LinkedIn's really the only social platform that I'm on. And um, yeah, that's where you'll find me, LinkedIn. All right. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, really uh, look forward to staying in touch with you. Amy Foley, co-founder in Bound Back Office. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, David. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Business Black Belts. Should you want to see more content on both the show, marketing, and business in general, feel free to check out my LinkedIn. Thanks. <laughs>